So here is the question that keeps all the MLMers up at night. How do you grow your downline without spending tons of time prospecting and attending all the home meetings and hotel meetings? How to recruit ambitious people without bugging your families and friends? In this podcast, we will dive into these questions to find out the real solution to make your MLM business successful in the 21st century. My name is Jolly Kelm. Welcome to MLM Movement Radio. Thank you so much for joining me in my podcast, MLM Movement Radio. So, Raman, thank you so much for joining me and I'm so grateful that you're here with us. So, um, I just want to introduce Raman to you guys that he's actually an old friend of mine and, and we haven't really talked for years and I really just started reaching out because he's one of the really most successful MLMers I know personally. So welcome. Thank you so much, Charlie. You know, it's great for you to uh, invite me on here. And it's been a while. It has been a while since we've had a chat. And I'm really glad to see you back in this space. And I'm glad to see that you've started MLO Movement Radio and uh, awesome stuff. So how can, I, uh, how can I serve your followers and listeners today? Yeah, so um, today, so I know that you've managed to grow a huge mm-hmm. downline and, and, and before we get into those little secrets and right. tips, um, how did it actually get you into this area? How did you get into MOM? Wow, okay, so I don't know how long, how long you got, but no, okay. So I've got a long story, I've got a short story. Short story is I got involved because of my mom. Um, but obviously I'll, I'll go into a little bit more detail. So I want to give you a bit of background, a bit of history. So you understand what that decision pro- making process was like decisions are made in a second, but the lead up to the decision is I, I think for most people, what's going to actually help them. So for me, what had actually happened was we came to this country where well, I came to Australia when I was only five years old. Um, we migrated here. My mom came, brought me um, just to reunite with my dad who had come before us. You know, like a lot of the Asian background families you meet today, whether you are from Greater China, Southeast Asia, whatever it may be. We were just typical immigrants, poor, broke, living in like a rented one bedroom apartment together or whatnot here in Australia. And things weren't always easy. Growing up, uh, money was always tight. Uh, parents were constantly fighting. Dad wasn't the best with dealing with emotions and all this kind of stuff. But anyway, push came to shove. One day, he just decided to up and leave. At that point already, I was about 11. Um, I had a one-year-old little brother. And my mom all of a sudden became the single parent. And she was like, well, what do I do? Uh, she started doing the only thing she can with her limited amount of networks, I guess, abilities, and even English. She couldn't speak English, and she still really can't to this day. Um, so she started doing cleaning for other people. She became a maid. She would clean people's houses and do all this kind of stuff and basically trade her own health for money. Over the years, that took a real toll on her. And I think it was towards the end of uh, high school. So I would have been in year 11, year 12 at that time when she went through some horrific health scares. Uh, all the doctors, specialists she attended would tell her different things. You know, she would go to Western doctors and then she'll go to these Chinese doctors and alternative medicine doctors who'd all say, oh, it's this, Uh, take this, Uh, it's this, buy this, it's this, use this. And I literally just saw my mom getting scammed by these specialists and doctors over and over and over again. And being being so poor at that time, like uh, you got to imagine cleaning income is not a lot. The majority of our income was still actually coming through Centrelink. So Centrelink would give us rent assistance. She was so, her income was so low, she qualified for a pension card when she was like 40 something. So it was got that kind of a situation. I saw her just spending this money trying to get healthy again. And it just wouldn't work. Nothing would goddamn work. And so I saw her getting scammed again and again and again and again. Until, and, then, and then this one lady came to our house preaching this network marketing product. And I went to myself, oh, here we go again. Bloody hell, what is it this time? Right? And um, I remember this lady from like a few years ago. Last time she came here, she sold us all this washing liquid that we're still using today. It's not even got them done yet. So <laughs> so I, I, wasn't, I wasn't too keen on whatever it was that she was going to buy. Because I knew my mom would buy. She was so desperate at that time to just be healthy again and feel okay again. I knew she was going to you know, waste more money on product. So when that lady left, I went up to her, I went up to my mom and I asked her two questions. I said, how much did it cost and can you get a refund? 
those were my first two questions regarding the opportunity that I'm involved with now. I, I just went, this doesn't work, mom. Are you kidding? Look how many times you've been tricked again and again. Like even if it works, it's a placebo effect, right? It's so expensive. You trick yourself into thinking they work and so it does. You know, don't do this. Get a refund. We can use the money for something else. All this, all this stuff. I was so negative around this entire thing. But she, again, was absolutely desperate. She just wanted her health back. She didn't care about anything else. And so six months down the track of using this product, her health actually turned around. Now, at that point, I was really surprised. I was like, well, okay, well, maybe that placebo thing's working for her. Right, so maybe like, you know, you tricked yourself into thinking it worked. And I was just kind of happy that, you know, she was feeling better. But the next part is what really pissed me off. Because instead of just tricking herself, right, she wanted to go trick other people. <laughs> yep. She joined it as a business and she started doing it as a business. And I got actually mad at her. I was angry. And, and I went to her, I said, this is, in, in Chinese, we say losing face. Yep. I said, what you are doing, you're losing face. I would rather tell people that you are a cleaner than you do this business, this kind of a business, right? And... She was, she was very quiet about the whole thing. Um, she just saw it as an opportunity, I guess, to change our lives. I didn't see it that way. I saw this as a scam, as one of those pyramid things. I saw this as a means of tricking people, deceiving them into buying things they don't need. You know, all the negative things that people associate towards MLM and network marketing, I had that. And I had it very, very strongly. You know, I told my mom directly, please don't do this. Can you please go to TAFE, learn some English, then you can get a real job. You know, can you imagine a, a teenage son telling their mother to go get a real job? Well, that, that's what I did. That's the kind of uh, negative mindset I was in. Um, I didn't want her touching this thing. She went on with it anyway. And I reckon she would have been doing it for over about a year. Mm -hmm. And about a year from there, what hadn't happened was that she purchased our first property in Australia. So she built our first home in Australia on the back of doing this business. And mind you, that was back in, you know, two. But despite that, we had lived in Australia to that point for more than 10 years. We had always lived in rented accommodation. We never had enough money to basically have our own property. But because of what she was doing, I'm guessing all that money, that she, extra money that she had been making was enough for her to put money down for her property, which was phenomenal. That's and I amazing. thought to myself, wow. Yeah, yeah, it was absolutely amazing. It blew my <laughs> mind. I, I thought, wow, maybe mom's got a real talent for tricking people. <laughs> right? I mean, she must be really good at this scam oh, wow. thing. I mean, I, was, I wasn't happy with it, but I was happy that, you know, we, we were doing better financially, right? Yeah, yeah. I didn't definitely. understand this whole thing still. I, I really did not understand this whole thing. And she just kept doing this business. And she back then, you know, the old school kind of network marketing where you bring people to your house, you do presentations, you go down every day with your briefcase and you, you meet people, yada, yada, yada. And she'd be doing that every single day. And every day she'd come home, I'd kind of taunt her a little bit. I'd make fun of her. I'd say, hey, how was your, how's your scam today? You know, and, and I was the most negative child you can ever imagine. Can you imagine going out all day, working real hard and getting home and being attacked at home? Right. That, yeah, that was the definitely. kind of situation she was facing. So it was like a, it was like a trial by fire kind of. Um, and added to that, I would do everything I can to disrupt her business. Right. So this, this business opportunity had a, a monthly order. So it'd come to our house and when it would come to our house, I would hide it. I'd put it on a really high shelf or I hide it somewhere where she couldn't see. And when she I asked me, Hey, did my products arrive? I would say, Nope. Didn't see it. And then she'd find it like a few weeks later and just be like, Can you help me get it? I'm like, Nope, get it yourself. And so she'd have to climb on the kitchen counter because she's quite short. She had to actually literally climb on the kitchen counter and reach up above the shelves to get it because I was such a dick to her. Yeah. Um, she tried to replace stuff in the home. Like she tried to replace the toothpaste. I squeezed that down the toilet because I was like, this toothpaste sucks. It doesn't foam up properly and tastes weird. Right? So I squeezed <laughs> it down the toilet and I threw the, threw the empty tub on the ground. And then she tried to replace the shampoo. and the, like, So I, had a, I used like those old two-in-ones, right? Yeah. Um, and then she replaced it with a shampoo and a conditioner. I'm like, what is this shit? What is a shampoo and a conditioner? I want my two-in-one back. So I squeezed both of those down the toilet and I threw the empty things on the ground. So 
I don't know how many people have actually faced negative people in their lives, but most of the times I'm going to guess it's going to be verbal attacks. I physically attacked a business. I did whatever I could disrupt it. When people came over to the house, I would blast music really loud. And I was in my rebellious teenage phase. I was listening to things like Tool, Opeth, you know, death metal. Um, and I'd blast that stuff so loud and people would just be like, oh my God, oh, maybe we should do this media another time. And they would leave and I'd turn the music off. They're like, ha told you. So... Yeah, I mean, I see that look on your face. You're like, holy shit, I had no idea. Um, yeah, I was the biggest asshole you could ever imagine to my own mother of people, of all people. And all she was trying to do was change our lives and make my life better. And actually, it was that realization that changed everything. So I still remember that night so clearly. It, it was like one of those, they say, a, uh, a life-defining moment. And Tony Robbins calls it a life-changing, life-defining moment. And I still mm -hmm. remember that moment so well. I was lying in bed. It was my HSCs. Um, I had been studying all night. It, was, it would have been past midnight. And she came home. And it would have been after a day of, I guess, prospecting, doing presentations or whatnot out there with people. And she closed the door too loud. I wanted to jump out of bed. I wanted to go scream and yell at my mom and berate her for things and saying, like, you know, hey, I'm trying to study. Have some consideration. What's wrong with you? Why are you closing the door loud? I was an angry little teenager. I, I, I really it had does no sound idea. Like it. I, I had I had something against the world. I hated the world, but you know what? In rather looking back, I think I just hated myself. Yeah. Um, I hated who I had become and all, all this kind of stuff. But wow. I was just an angry little teenager. And and but that night I didn't I didn't go yell at her. And it's meant to make me sound a bit more noble, like I didn't go yell at my mom or something. But no, I just. <laughs> I stayed in bed and I just wanted to go back to sleep. But what ended up happening was she kept me awake for another hour. And it was what she did to keep me awake that, that next hour that, uh, that really hit me. And I heard her for the next hour cleaning up the house, doing the dishes, doing the laundry, and you know all those little things that I had taken for granted that always got done. And I had taken for granted over and over again, you know, you know, I always had clean clothes. There was always food. There was always like, you know, the house was always tidy, everything. And she was doing this on the back of long days when, you know, she was coming home after midnight building this, this business of hers. And I took it all for granted. And, and even though I had seen her do this over and over and over again, that night, for some reason, when I heard all this happening, it hit me right here like a ton of bricks and i'm telling you right now i broke down i i ugly cried like a little bitch in bed and i broke down and i was crying into my pillow and i was asking myself why you know why was she doing all of this and it was all for me right it was off to give me a better life and i asked myself what was i doing for her was i helping her was i supporting her was I even just encouraging her? And I wasn't. I wasn't doing any of those things. I was attacking her. I was trying to break her down. I was trying to hurt her. I was hoping, I was hoping for her to fail. And I asked myself, what did I have to gain from being right? You know, what if she did fail? Like, why did I want to be right more than I wanted my own mother to succeed? And I could not come up with an answer. And I was crying. I was breaking down. I was asking myself, why had I become so negative? And I couldn't answer those questions. All I knew was I hated the way I was. I hated my, the way my life was. The, I hated the way I looked, the way I felt. And I never wanted to feel that again. And so I made a decision at that point moving forward. I would do no matter what it takes to help her, to make sure that she would never have to work hard this this hard ever again i will make sure that i will do whatever i can to support her to encourage her to help that her succeed and to retire her that became my singular focus in life you know no matter what i do from this point forward as i as i'm about to start uni or whatever it is i'm going to retire my mom and that became like an obsession for me an absolute obsession because i realized how much she had given to me and how little i had given back and i knew that if i don't do something drastic massive about this, my mom would have to keep working like this into her 60s, into her 70s. She'll never be able to retire. And that is where my mind, my mindset, everything about me changed. 
I started taking the product religiously every single day just to support her morally. Uh, I started trying to learn more about the business. And so as I was going through uni full-time, I was taking part in this part-time. The products had a profound effect on my personal health. So I dropped, when I entered uni, I was about 110 kilos. I was 110 kilos overweight. I've got the photos from back then to prove it. Um, so I was very overweight. I was a fat little Asian kid. And over the course of nine months of taking the product, I dropped from 110 down to 72 kilos. Uh, my health improved. My hair improved. My skin improved. I had horrible, horrible acne, right? And everything about my health improved. And it was because of that I thought to myself, you know what? This product has helped me so much. I can use this to help other people. This business helped my family so much. I can use this to help other people. So I started doing this on the side. And by the time I graduated uni three years later, so this was about 2007, my business was doing six figures a year. So my business with my mom together combined, we were doing six figures a year. And so you got to imagine going from living off Centrelink to earning six figures a year in your own direct selling network marketing business was absolutely mind blowing and life changing. And so at that point, when I graduated, I thought to myself, well, I don't need a job. And so I went into this business full time and I've been in this business full time ever since. I've done other things on the side, but I've never had a, a, a job, so to speak. I've always done USANA nine to five. I'm sorry, I've done my network marketing business nine to five, and it's been absolutely life-changing for me. It's given me everything I have in my life right now, I can attribute it to something I've learned from my business or something I've gained from my business. Um, whether it be the, the financial freedom, you know, directly from the income, uh, the time freedom because of the way I've been able to structure and build my organization and uh, the relationships I have in my life, my closest friends, you know, come from the business. Um, uh, my marriage, my, my partner, I, I've met through the business and Amazing. I was able yeah. to, I was able to attract her because of the skills I've learned through prospecting, you know, it, it, you know, relationships are sales. You know, you exactly. got to sell yourself to the other person to not just be with you, but stay with you. And I managed to convince her and sell her to move halfway across the world to Australia wow. for me as yeah. well. Yeah. Cause I met her while I was building my business in Indonesia. I mean, to, to give you guys a quick, um, a quick, uh, I guess a, a, a screenshot, not a screenshot. What's it called? A snapshot of what my business looks like now. Um, I've got business and organization downline in about 11 countries wow. uh, across, spread across three different continents. And at my last look through my, uh, we've got this like program so you can track your own organization. I've got about 15,000 distributors slash customers uh, wow. in my organization. And I've done this over the course of the last 15 years. I'm, I'm definitely not the fastest. I'm, I'm gonna be honest and say this to you now. There are people out there who are making a million dollars a month. There are people out there making a million dollars a year. I'm not one of those. Um, I'm not an example of what those super fancy flash people uh, can do and they drive the Lamborghinis and they sell this based on hype. I've yeah. never sold network marketing based on hype. I've never sold direct selling uh, MLM based on hype. I don't believe in hype because when I see those people do that, they do it for about two, three years and they have to switch companies because it doesn't work anymore. I've been able to stay with one company for 15 years and I'm a million dollar earner in the company and all this kind of stuff because I've tried to build this business the right way with the, the way that aligns with my personal values, the way that aligns with my personal ethics and morals and the way I believe business should be done. You know, I'm not about or going out there and attracting those poor, broke, dumb uni students with an opportunity that could potentially make a millions of dollars and they come in and they pay money and they make nothing. I'm all about attracting people who are willing to work. Now, I believe network marketing is a real business opportunity, provided you're willing to work and provided you're willing to understand that perhaps 99% of the people you work with will not succeed. But then I compare that to a corporate structure where 99% of the organization will never become the CEO. And that's okay. You know, some people are okay with that uh, basic uh, income and that's okay. And some people are okay with not going anywhere and that's okay too. But I believe network marketing, if you're willing to work, you can make a lot of money. You know, if you want to make it to that million dollar club level, if you want to have teams uh, huge, much larger than myself and all of this stuff, provided you're willing to put in time, effort, hours, energy, dedication, resources, all, all of that involved because it's a give and take. I, I really believe in you know, fair equivalent exchange and you're going to get a lot out of it. And what you get out is going to be worth way more than anything else you dedicate your resources to. And so I don't believe in hype. I really don't. I don't believe like, you know, join this, do nothing, make a million dollars. It's not the way this works. Um, the way I've built my business is I want to 
create something lasting for people. I want to help people build a business that will pay them not just for five years, but it will pay them for 50 to 100 years. I want them to create a business that will last long after they're gone so their children can take it over. And I feel like the, the, the way I build this business feels a lot better to myself. I'm a lot happier with the way this is because I see this industry. Don't get me wrong. Over all these years, I'd be lying if I said that nobody has approached me for other opportunities that were more lucrative. Oh, of course. A lot of people have approached me for more lucrative opportunities. They've shown me how if I did the same work in my business in theirs, I'd make a lot more. They show me how, you know, this, that, but then I look at the company behind it. I look at, you know, if it's going to keep paying me, if it's still going to be here three years from now. And I look at so many different things. Does the company's values align with mine? Is the way they, they promote aligning with my values and all this other kind of stuff. And so whilst there are faster earning things out there, I've never changed. And I, I'm, a, you know, kind of like I, I see this as a marriage. You know, it's like I'm a yeah. one woman man. If you're married, you're married. You know, yeah, you can go look. Don't, don't, don't be like, you know, yeah, everybody looks, but yeah, definitely, you know, I, I, unless they've cheated on you, you got no reason to be cheating on them. Right. And yep. so yeah, that, that's, so that's why I've been with this company for 15 years. They've been amazing to me. Um, I feel like it's been an amazing win-win relationship and that's how I got involved and that's where I am now. And yeah, that's, that's my story in a nutshell. That's, that's, that's truly inspirational. Like I've, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely not a story. Like it's a story that would actually blow the audience away. And, and I'm so glad that you've actually said that because I think a lot of people can resonate with that. And, and, I, and I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. And, and like you said that it's, it's, it's not a business like a get rich quick scheme. It's about, mm. it's about persistence, it's about, you know, um, having the right people in your team having. So, so let's say, okay. So when you first joined, what happened? Right. What, what made you the, what made you the first sales basically? Okay. So when I first joined, you, you, it'll, be, it'll be really interesting though. Like all my closest friends said no. All yeah. my extended friends and circle from high school, the people I thought, you know, we were right, right or die, you know, we were friends forever, high school, you know, like that, that's kind of mentality going into uni, right? We all have that kind of mentality. And then a year later, you don't know who all of them are. Like, you know, nobody stays in touch. But that exact same thing happened to me. Like I tried to approach them. I thought this is an amazing opportunity. I, I went over the trainings. I didn't really listen to uh, the trainings. I just thought I, I know my friends better than yeah. what you're trying to teach me. Okay. I know my friends. I know what they're going to like, what they're not going to like. I know how to approach them. I know how to get them in here. And I joined the NFL. So we, I don't know if you guys have yep. heard that term before right. in MLM, yeah. but yeah, no friends left. Right. It was really quick. And I think it was within about the first two months when I did that. And it all culminated in a drunken party. I remember it was like one of my closest friends. She was having her birthday. So I was invited to the event. Um, she she was doing pharmacy and a lot of her friends were in pharmacy and so in medicine and pharmacy and i was drunk and i was talking about you know how i'm gonna um, turn the health industry upside down with these nutritionals and all this kind of stuff like no one's gonna need doctors anymore we're gonna prevent disease and i just went like you know on this drunken rant and basically all my friends were there they laughed at me and and i woke up the next day thinking crap what the fuck did i just do what did i just say and that just spread like wildfire so i was stopped being invited to any event I stopped being invited to outings, to social gatherings, to birthdays. I was completely ostracized. I was cut out of every single one of my social circles. And I had to just start from zero. And luckily enough, I was starting university. So it's obviously a great time to start making new friends. But this whole prospect of having zero friends scared the crap out of me. And so what ended up happening was, you know, making some new friends, whatnot. And then I tried to learn a bit more about what I was doing, what I was saying. And it wasn't even one of my friends that was my first sale. My first sale came from the parent of one of my friends because I was just happened to be in their house. I saw a bottle of like Barocca and some Blackmores and I asked them, I was just like, you know, oh, hey, you know, 
do you use that kind of stuff? I ask them questions, you know, do the whole discovery process, finding out how to help them. And then they, and then um, I introduced them to a third party. At that time, it was just a, it was a comparative guide of products. I, I, I left it with them to look at. I followed them up in a week's time and they decided to buy something. So that's how I got started. I, I followed the training a little bit better and that's how I made my first sale. In terms of my first team member, um, it went on from there. It was just like trying to find people who I could genuinely help. It was trying to find people I could actually help and then getting them involved the right way. And it wasn't a quick process. And I would have said, think that my first solid team member didn't come until my second year in the business. So people would join, they would wow. quit within like a few weeks or whatever. So, and that entire, I, I can tell you this right now. Um, my first year with the business, I felt like quitting every single day. Every single time somebody rejected me and said no. Back then, my psychology was really weak. Um, I hadn't gone through a lot of personal development. I hadn't done the amount of Tony Robbins I have now. Like you, you can see me wearing my little Tony yeah. cap. Yeah. I love Tony. He's changed my life. Like, um, yes. Back then, my psychology was so weak. So anything would, would push me over basically anything would make me go home and just be like you know what fuck this i'm out but then i'd see my mom and then i'd see her still working hard and then all the memories of that night floods back and i went ah oh, fuck you know i can't quit yet right and so i didn't and i kept going and that was the one thing i needed you know i had a million reasons to quit by you they say you can have a million reasons to quit but you just need one to stay and my one reason to stay was my was my obsession and my promise to myself wow. And so, yeah, that's basically um, how, how I actually got started in the business that first year. Uh, losing my friends and then finding any ways possible and really looking for people to help rather than looking for people to sell to. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, like, like you said, um, a lot of people, a lot of MOMers, when they start off, you, you start off with a name list and, and that's when you go, <laughs> you go from there. Like you go and approach your friends and families and stuff. And that's, right. that's, um, that's a lot of people um, I did as well so mm-hmm. definitely not where these days people want to do <laughs> definitely no, no, a no-go so so what did you do to go and find those people that those people that you wanted to work with so over the years i have completely changed my approaches so rather than talk about back then because i don't believe a lot of the approaches that we use back then still even apply today just because of the way the internet was working. I mean, to give you a fair idea, when I started uni, there was no Facebook, Well, there was Facebook, but nobody used it. Um, we're still on things like multiply. I don't even remember multiply. Like MySpace <laughs> was actually still a thing, right? That's how old I'm, I'm revealing my age here. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, social media has changed the way the game is played these days. Social media, the internet, everything has changed the way. But I would suggest to people, you know, uh, when you're going forward today and you're looking for the right people to approach, it's very important that you talk to qualified people, qualified leads. We might think somebody wants something, but it doesn't necessarily mean they do. So rather than look for people who you know or think might want something, Look for people who already use something that you have to offer. Look for people who already do what it is that you already offer, if that makes sense. Like whatever your product or service is, if it's something that people already use and offer and you know they're in the market looking to change or whatever it is, those are people you want to talk to first. Right? I know uh, with my company, it's a health-based product. And when young people approach, health is definitely not at the top of their priorities for the majority of them. Would you agree? That's right. Yes. Yeah. Right. But would you also say that there's a small percentage of young people, uh, let's say the younger millennials, or, or I don't even know what generation we're up to now with these people born in after like the year 2000. There are some of them where health is a huge priority, right? So your job really is to filter through the people that you know, or your network or to build your network and attract the right type of people, qualified leads, into your business or organization. So the problem I see people make and the mistake I see people make is they think everybody is a qualified lead. And when they approach those people and they say no, they think, oh, well, there's something wrong with the product then, or there's something wrong with my team, or there's something wrong with my company. When in reality, it's just something wrong with the way they approach the business. And so if you can remember just one thing in terms of uh, approaching others, it's look for qualified leads. And so, of course, there's a lot of ways people like, you know, selling these days about how to qualify your leads, 
you know, I know Russell Brunson sells the whole click funnel thing. Grant Cardone has this other thing. You know, there's all these different people selling different ways you can do this online. But at the end of the day, I don't care what you use. It doesn't matter what you use. Find something that's right for you. But as long as you're not talking to everybody, you're only talking to people who are qualified, you're going to have a much better time attracting the right people into your business. And that's what I believe. Yeah, that's, that's interesting that you've said that because a lot of people who are in this industry mm. don't know anything about you know how to actually market yourself how to actually right. yourself online so it's it's interesting that you've said that because like yeah. you said the the huge mistake is that you think that everyone is is going to want your opportunity or your products so it's it's really interesting that you said that and it's um it's definitely something that people should really take away from so yeah. So like you said, that there's different ways of qualifying people and there's different ways that yes. other people do it. But what is your method of qualifying someone? So my method these days now has become more product centric because rather so previously we had really, I feel like the entire industry just wants people to understand uh, their product opportunity or service, right? So we're trying to Without giving them anything first, we're trying to get their time. We're trying to get people's attention and get their time. And online marketing these days, when I look around, the majority of people are still doing push marketing, where they just blast their feed, their stories with pictures of their product, pictures of this, and, you know, look, 35% off, come buy it. And people look and go, why the fuck should I come buy it? I don't know what the fuck it is. Yeah. Right? I mean... And, but they think that that's the market that works. So they're trying to shove their product or service down people's throats. They're sending all these cold messages to people who have no idea. Like I get blasted by messages all the time. Oh, hey, Ramana, you know, there's this great new opportunity. I see you doing so great in the space. But some of the greatest leaders in our network is coming together. They're building this new company. Come make a million dollars a month with me. All that stuff is bullshit. Like, you know, you do that stuff, you're just making people hate this industry more and more and more. And I love this industry. And when people do that stuff, I take time out of my day to grill them a little bit and say, hey, you should stop doing this. You know, you're fucking my industry up. Please stop. You know, I want people to love network marketing. But if you keep doing this, the bad name will continue to spread. So the way I do it now has become a lot more product centric. Rather than getting people to understand my company, my product, my opportunity, I get them to experience it first. So what I do is I make an offer. I give it for free. Who wants this? Who wants to try? And the people who approach me are going to be a lot more qualified. And so awesome. then I take a, after they are willing to try the product, then we move on from that point. Because once they've tried your product, you have a much different conversation than when they haven't and you're expecting them to pay you to try your product. Right? And so... I don't know what it's going to be like for a lot of newer people that that's something I'm teaching in, in my teams right now uh, who are, who are willing to move with me into this more online space, which is how do we get our product out there to people who want to try? Now, I don't want it to come at a, a terrible expense. Of course, I know not a lot of people have the money to spend thousands of dollars on samples or not, but there are ways to leverage. There are ways to get it out there and help people, I guess, experience your product, your service, your opportunity before they are willing to commit. And, you know, for a lot of people, they want that too. You know, that's why companies today, they do giveaways. That's why if you look at people like, say, Gymshark or whatnot, uh, who've uh, gone through the space, that's what they did. They sampled their product out. They found people of influence to partner with. And then when people like it, they continue being customers for life, right? And so how many people have, like, seen an ad on Gymshark or, you know, and then ask that person who actually bought it or who was advertising it what it was like and decided to try one at a really low price during the sale and then got on and bought things full price, right? That's pretty much every single person's consumer experience. I feel like people think that network marketing isn't marketing anymore. And if you understood what marketing was, you'd realize that network marketing is marketing. And so I don't know how many people have studied or learned marketing, but over these years, I've I've tried to constantly, not tried, but I've constantly learned new skills towards marketing and sales and copywriting and understanding all these different things that if you want to build a successful business, if you see network marketing as a real business, you would need these skills anyway, or you need people in your organization with these skills anyway. If you think about any standard business, right? Even Tony's business, he's got a team of salespeople. He's got a team of copywriters. He's got a team of online marketers. He's got a team of people who do the backend customer service and all this kind of stuff. So if you're building a network marketing business, why don't you 
why shouldn't you need those skills too? And so it's a cop out when people say that, you know, oh, it's not right for me. No, it's not that it's not right for you. It's you're not right for it, right? You're not willing to put in that time. You're not willing to put in that effort, the energy to actually invest. If you were to start a traditional business, you need at least ten to $50,000. How much money have you actually invested in your direct selling business to start? I'm guessing most businesses today, you can start for about $100, $200, $300. And then you're expecting to make how much on the back of that? Another $500, $1,000 a week by investing only through. Are you kidding me? This is not fairy tale land. This is the real world. And so when people think that the business isn't right for them, I'm telling you, no, it's probably not because you're not right for it. You're somebody who got sold probably by hype. And I'm not going to blame people 100% because it's the way people are being sold. You know, maybe you got sold on the hype thinking that I'm going to pay 300 bucks to join your business, sit on my ass, send a few messages on Facebook, and I'm going to be a millionaire. It's not the way it works. And so that's why all these things I'm talking about, learning these different things, the time it takes, the effort it takes. Be prepared. Like Gary Vee says this the best. Young people today don't want to eat shit. You know, when you join a business, young people, get prepared to eat shit. Eat shit for five years, 10 years. Eat 10 years worth of shit, and then you're going to be a millionaire. And that's what happened to him when he joined his parents' wine business. He ate shit for like 10 years. You know, he cleaned the cellars. He, he wiped the floors. He ate shit. But in that entire time, he was learning. He was growing. He was developing himself. 10 years later, he turned that business from a $1 million business into a $100 million business, right? And so that's what people need to take. That's the approach I feel people need to have when they join their network marketing business. Don't prepare to just eat shit for one year or five years. Be prepared to eat shit for 10. After 10 years of eating shit, if you're still not successful, come to me and have a cry. Then we'll have a real talk. But if you haven't eaten shit for at least 10 years, don't come crying to me. But that's basically it. Uh, that's the way I feel it is moving forward. You need to learn all these different skills, get people to un not to understand your product, but get people to experience it first. And if you have a shitty product where people have shitty experiences, change companies. <laughs> but that's the way I believe, you know, you better have a strong product. And I would say that if you're joining any company opportunity, make sure that product experience is bloody strong because if somebody has a shit experience first up, they're never coming back. Wow. Wow. Um, I hope everyone listening is, is taking notes because I, I'm definitely taking notes ferociously. So and drawing circles around and making a mess. But um, <laughs> as you draw off so many golden nuggets, like just in that, that five minutes. Um, oh, great. That was, that was great value. Thank you so much. So, um, so, so yes, you said that um, back in the days you didn't really have mind space and, and you had to qualify mm. people and you know people now these days really need the, the, the actual skills to really build that asset of yours in network marketing. Right. And, and what do you recommend people doing these days um, to actually attract those people that you, you want to work with? Okay. So I, I hear that question a lot. And I, here's the thing people don't understand. People think that they're just going to attract the right people into the business. And that's not the case because you attract not who you want, but you attract who you are. And you would have heard this before from countless other people. So if you're attracting wrong people into your business, it's because you're the wrong person. If you're trying to attract health-minded, health-conscious people, but you don't go to the gym, you eat McDonald's five times a week, it's just not going to happen, right? If you're somebody who loves going to festivals and, you know, having a great time or whatever it is. Uh, those are the type of people or mentality or people who invest in those kind of things. That's your circle, right? So if you think those people aren't going to be right for business, guess what? You need to change your circle. So you need to become the right person to attract the right people. So have a think about this right now. So create an avatar in your mind, right? Avatar as in just this ideal image of who your perfect team member, team member or uh, distributor is going to look like uh, what do they do what age group are they what's their mindset like what kind of education background do they have what kind of job do they have right now what do they spend most of the weekends of free time doing you know uh, what kind of movies do they like to watch what kind of books do they like to read have this exact image in your mind of who would be the perfect type of person and guess what you need to become that person first you know this is actually interesting enough an exercise i did um more than four years ago, uh, more than five years ago, I should say, I was coming out of a pretty bad relationship and I was swearing off girls full time. I was just like, 
women suck, right? I'm done. I'm going to be single for life. I'm Barney Stinson from now on, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know, I know how I met your mother. Right? So I'm going to be this. But anyway, I had a great friend of mine. She came up to me, you know, one of my closest friends. Uh, we, uh, she was a big part of my personal development journey. And she asked me really tough questions. And she says, all right, who do you want? What is the perfect type of partner you want in your life? And I made a list. And she goes, okay, and what is all the, uh, the, the deal breakers? And I made a list. And then she says, okay, then now what does your perfect relationship look like? And I made another list, right? And then she asked me, all right, so what do you have to become to be worthy of a relationship like that and a person like that? And I made another list. And she took the first three lists and said, like, keep them to the side, but look at this right here of who you have to become. How close are you to becoming this person? And what do you need to do to become that person? And so I focused over the course of about a year to develop myself further in the areas I was lacking. And this was just before I was going to Indonesia, by the way. So I needed to be more outgoing. I needed to be more this. I needed to be more that. I needed to be, you know, I developed lots of different areas of my life physically in terms of my body, my health, you know, it was at that time I really got into bodybuilding as well. And then uh, mentally, psychologically, I developed all those different areas of my life. And when I went to Indonesia, I went there to build my business, right? I wasn't there to attract a partner, but through the course of that, because of who I had become, I attracted a partner that when I went back to look at my list was everything I had written on that list. Wow. And the relationship we had was like becoming exactly like what I said I wanted and in my perfect relationship. And I found those lists years later and I looked at it and I went, wow, that's amazing. Um, and so I think this same thing, why I use that story is because I feel like that applies so well to our business as well. We want that perfect woman, but we're not the perfect man for them. Or we want that perfect partner, but we're not the right person for them. And we want that perfect downline, but we suck in this business and we don't deserve them. So, my biggest advice to you guys is don't focus on other people, focus on yourself. Think about who you need to become to attract those type of people. Who would those people follow? You know, who would those people listen to? Who would those people be influenced by and become that person of influence? If that means you need to learn more, if that means you need to read more, if that means you need to get off your ass and go to the gym so your body looks better, so you're sexier, if that means you need to start a podcast like Jolly is, if that means you need to become a whatever that bloody means, go and do it first. Through the course of doing that, you're going to attract the right people into your life. Not even before you've made it there, but just the fact that you're on this journey towards becoming that person, you're going to attract the right type of people into your life to become that, you know, to build that kind of team. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. That's, um, that is actually something that I haven't really heard of is that, um, yes, yes, people are always trying to create that, um, that avatar, that perfect person that they want to work with, but then people forget about, um, what you need to do to attract those kind of people. So right. that's, um, yeah. that's, that's, that's a huge, um, it's a huge thing that people tend to forget. So um, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, so, so in terms of um, recruiting, I just want to quickly jump mm -hmm. back on. Yes. Just got sure. one more question. So how do you actually recruit without hurting any relationships or without hurting um, the people you think that, that you wanted them to be your downline or in your team? Um, how, how do you not hurt those relationships? Okay. That's a really good question. And it's something I've been, de I've developed over years, right? So if over the 15 years of me doing this business, I've had systems that I've taught my teams, right? Sales systems, approaches, like step-by-step -step kind of what to do. And over the years I've refined it. And actually just this year I've, built upon it even more and I've incorporated a lot more of my lessons and whatnot and adapting it for the online space. So I've actually created a new system and I'm calling it STAIRS. So S-T-A-I-R-S. And that's being trademarked. So that's being trademarked to uh, Raman Chen. So wow. I'm going to try and take that from you. <laughs> so um, the STAIRS system is selling through authenticity, integrity, and respect. That's the stair system. So that's why it's called stairs. And what it is, is a step-by-step -step approach I use and I teach people how to actually make approach the right way. So you're, so the biggest, and so the number one thing I'll, I'll share with you from that, from the very first step of the stair system is that why people burn relationships is they bait and switch, right? So they'll tell, and I've heard this happening just 
uh, sometimes with other teams or something other companies and whatnot where people will say hey let's go to lunch and you're expecting to just go to lunch and through the course of that lunch rather than just having a lunch and catching up what you're actually doing is you're trying to sell or even worse you think you're having a one-on-one -on -one lunch and boom here's my upline Right, and or something like that, where it's like a bait and switch. Hey, hey, bro, you want to come to dinner with me? Instead of dinner, you take them to a presentation. You know, like and there's a lot of this bait and switch where people think you want to do something, but you're actually about something else. People think you're actually genuinely interested in who they are, but in reality, you just want to sell them. You're trying to find a problem to sell them on. So, what I teach in this new system is how to actually approach the right way, and. Um, so that you prevent that from happening. So you give people the out right from the beginning that, look, if you're not interested in, interested in this, that is more than okay. But I'm interested in talking to people who are like this, this, and this. And so it's about teaching people to approach their friends the right way, teaching people to approach their contacts the right way so that there is no bait and switch. Everything is done with integrity, everything done with authenticity, and everything is done with a level of mutual respect. Right. So when people bait and switch, you are what you're doing is you're insulting other people's intelligence. There is no respect there. You're thinking that, hey, hey, hey look, I got you now to come to along to a dinner and boom, I'm going to sell you. Ha ha. You know, gotcha. Don't do that. You know, um, don't lie to people. Be upfront with people with what this is. And so the system I'm developing is all about how to take people from the bottom of the stairs up to the top of the stairs and the top of the stairs is actually wanting your opportunity. And it starts at the very first step. If they can't even get over that first step, forget it, move on. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing because, um, that, that one of the major problems in MRM is, is duplication. So sounds like you've got the perfect system rolling. So that's, that's, um, really good to know and definitely something that we all can learn from you. So oh, that's, that's great. So yeah, before we wrap up, I just want to say thank you so much for this. And so if anyone out there who is interested in working with Raman, um, how do people reach you? I guess just look for me on Facebook. And so I'm pretty sure you'll leave a link in your podcast to directly yeah, to my Facebook or my Instagram. Um, I'm pretty more active on uh, Facebook and Instagram these days. Uh, I need to definitely get a lot more active. Don't get me wrong, because a lot of my time now is spent on developing my systems. So, but the other side of the business, which is of course attracting new people, I get people coming through that a lot as well. And so, yeah, that will probably be the best way to find me. That's perfect. And do you actually, um, do you carry business cards around? This is a 1999 <laughs> one. No, um, I don't think I've carried business cards since I was building back in uh, Malaysia, and that would have been 2008, nine. So, no, I don't use business cards anymore, not for a very long time. Yeah. Do you think it was an effective way? Back then, perhaps. And in some cultures, yes, it still is. Like when I went to Indonesia, I had to reprint business cards again because they, they're all about the card swapping thing. So depending on the culture you're building in, um, yeah, it really does depend on culture. I know back in, in China also, like you know, in Greater China, I, I built there. Well, I don't really build there, but I have organizations, teams there. So I do need to go back there every now and then. They expect you to give them a card. Or at the very least, to send them a card on WeChat. So um, it really does depend on who you're building with, what market, the culture. But I would say generally speaking here in Australia, I haven't received a card or given a card for a very long time. And um, I don't expect people to do that. No. Fair enough. Yeah. It was just because um, people these days, they still carry business cards around and, and, Oh wow! What? Yeah, <laughs> just in just in in general, in in corporate, in if you go to any networking events, people still do carry business cards around, and that's something that right. um, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what, what I usually tend to do when people ask me for a card is I, I change the conversation because one, it's about branding, right? We want to differentiate. And so uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram would be your go-to. So when people ask for a card, I say, why don't you add me on in LinkedIn? Why don't you ask me on Facebook? Why don't you add me on Instagram? And That's I don't awesome. use cards anymore. I don't believe in cards anymore. It's too old right? fashioned. So you, it's, it's a bit too old fashioned. And plus you're given a card. What's the, I don't know how many people do the card swapping thing, but when's the last time somebody actually called you because you gave them a card? That's right. Right. It's wow. more, it's probably better. You can get a card. If this person doesn't use social media, ask for a card from them. 
that that would be the only instance I could imagine using a business card in some way or form. But I will never really give one. I would say, look, I don't use cards anymore. Here, add me on this. Wow, that's that's yeah. cool. So that was great. Thank you so much for for coming on to the show with uh, with us and 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 sharing all of those valuable lessons with a lot of mamas out there and 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 that's what i really want people to know and what i want my audience to understand is that um mom is no longer stuck in the 90s and the 80s anymore absolutely not forward and and we really have to really take the step and and change this industry so thank you so much for the interview and, and and i hope all the best for you Hey, thank you for listening to ML Movement Radio. If you like our content, please rate and subscribe and you'll mean the world to me. If you like more information on this method that I'm raving about, please go to mlmovement.com to grab a copy of my free ebook called The Secret ML Playbook. Catch you guys later.